0: Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of Saint Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St Paul. Enjoy
1: today's episode. Hi, welcome to Dare to Dwell. This is a podcast for the Daughters of Saint Paul. My name is Sister and Pietro Renee.
2: I'm Sister Julie
0: Benedicta. And I'm Sister Bethany. Hey, hey
2: sister.
1: A new
0: voice, slash, old, because you just heard my voice. <laughs> new ish <on the laughs> intro.
2: <laughs> and you've been on many episodes in the past. It's just true. not this season. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Very true. Well, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. We're glad you're here. So
1: today is a bit of a special episode. We have Sister Bethany as our special guest. And we're not dealing with a specific chapter of The Sanctifier today. Instead, we're going to be talking a little bit about how the holy spirit has spoken to us has broken in and made himself known to us and our hope is that it helps you guys to kind of recognize when he's speaking to you yeah so So this is kind
2: of like a check-in like what are we kind of talking about what are some of the practicals where is it going what what's the takeaway sort of purpose Mm -hmm. yeah um and also hopefully gonna answer some of the questions that we have been getting from people too about about yeah. the topics of the sanctifier and the Holy Spirit and and what does it mean for me in my life and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, totally. Because I think the Holy Spirit a lot of times when when we talk about this third person in the Trinity, he's like the most mysterious. Yeah. Almost I think it was Pope Benedict. He said something. Somewhere at some point, that like the Holy Spirit in some ways is the most neglected member of the Trinity, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. So it's kind of a fascinating mystery that we get to break open and yeah, talk about together.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool because in the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples that the Spirit would remind them of everything that he had told them,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we've kind of had the question that basically poses, okay, cool, but how?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think
1: that's something a lot of our listeners have been asking. And I think it's something we've probably all asked at some point too in our own lives.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I think, I, I know we were all planning on maybe sharing a story or two from our own experience of having heard the voice of God. And I just, I thought it might be helpful if like right off the bat, we kind of Talk about how we will probably interchange the phrases "voice of God," "voice of Jesus," "voice of the Holy Spirit," and yeah, yeah. and that that's for good reason. Like they are fairly interchangeable, mm-hmm. and um, and just to say, like, okay, so in John chapter five, Jesus says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise." For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show them that you may marvel. So like Jesus does and says everything that the father does and says. Mm -hmm. That's like the first principle, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the second principle is, then Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So there we have Jesus saying, not only do I only do whatever the Father says or does, but the Spirit does whatever I say or do, which is whatever the Father says or does. So when we use the, <laughs> the, the phrase voice of God or voice of Jesus or voice of the Holy Spirit, like there may be a difference in relationship, but there is not a difference in content. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, I think that's just kind of like a good guiding principle to kind of start with because probably our stories will involve senses of like different ways that that plays out or different, different, it, it, we might be, we might be, I don't know for sure, but we, we may very well kind of highlight the difference in relationship there between the. Between the quote-unquote voices,
0: yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But at the same
2: time, it is kind of inevitable
0: that we will interchange them because it's hard to say. It's hard to say it correctly. I'm not a theologian, but at the same time, it is like they are, in a sense, interchangeable. Yeah, because it yeah. is God, sure. like God in three persons. So, yeah, probably speak of it.
2: Yeah. in similar terms. Yeah, <laughs> or so I just thought it terms. would be helpful to start with like that scriptural basis mm-hmm. for like when we say one, we mean the others. Yeah, totally. mm-hmm. just, this is our intention baseline. There we go.
1: And it's a really good safeguard, too, I think, because it's just a reminder for all of us that the Holy Spirit will never tell us something privately that contradicts what he has said publicly yeah, in scripture and yeah. in church teaching. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: So to kind of kick off the conversation, we thought maybe we would share some of our own experiences, like our own stories of hearing or not hearing or listening to or ignoring or whatever the Holy Spirit <laughs> in our own lives, um, not because like our stories are something to be emulated necessarily, but just because they may give some clues as to how this could play out in a person's life. And so hopefully uh, you as the listener will be able to kind of find some patterns that either you resonate with or or that kind of, I don't know, just show up for you so that it's like a little easier for you to hear what is what might be going on. In your own prayer life, if you if you don't already feel comfortable hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
0: totally. I think because a lot of a lot of my life, I felt like I didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, mostly because I felt like I couldn't relate to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because it's like. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and I know how to relate to a father, and I imagine how it would be to relate to a son. Like th- those familial relationships, like, okay, I know how to act. I know who I am in this relationship. With the Holy Spirit, it's like, the Holy Spirit is love. And you're like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and even like, I mean, growing up or even as a teenager, I was Catholic my whole life. We went to mass on Sundays. and But I really just didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was um, <clears throat> or the role that the Holy Spirit played in my life. Um, and so it felt like really distant um, as a child. And I, I think my first introduction to the Holy Spirit was actually kind of like a off-putting or almost scary experience for me because the first time I really encountered the Holy Spirit and it was like said, like, this is the Holy Spirit was when I was at a youth conference in Steubenville. And all of like these teenagers are like flopping around around me and speaking in this language that I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> and, and it was like, it wasn't really... Uh, an experience that I wanted for myself per se, because I didn't really want to be, it felt like those kids were out of control in the sense of like, it wasn't like my friend, you know, Marie, that was just standing next to me, but she was like on the ground speaking this language I didn't know. I was like, what is happening right now? Mm -hmm. No, it's the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I don't know that I want to know the Holy Spirit in that way. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of like a little bit off-putting to me. And, and in the sense that I didn't want that for myself, and I felt bad that I didn't want that for myself because I thought it was something that I should want. But then also mm-hmm. it felt like I was left out of this experience with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, well, if this is how the Holy Spirit works. And a bunch of my friends have this experience. And like, what's wrong with me that I'm not experiencing the Holy Spirit? Like, I just must not like be good enough for the Holy Spirit or like I maybe I'm not like praying hard enough. So like this isn't happening for me. And like so it was just a really weird experience of feeling like left out of Mm -hmm. like (laughs) this prayer experience that everyone was having. And I I um it really kind of like turned me off from the Holy Spirit as a whole. And it wasn't until I started discerning religious life in a more concrete way or a more like um, intentional way that our vocation director at the time was like a really good friend of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she was the one who like reintroduced me to the Holy Spirit. She was like, she was going through, she's like, well, we know like your relationship with Jesus and like this prayer with Jesus. And, you know, we've we've really walked towards the Father and we've had this, you know, journey with praying with the Father. And I really invite you to get to know the Holy Spirit. And I was like, (laughs) no thanks don't want to deal with the fire (laughs) dove thing that does stuff that I don't understand like Mm -hmm. I'm good Mm -hmm. he can stay in his little dove world where he lives like I don't I don't get it and I just I I realized that she like the holy spirit that she helped introduce me to or really like kind of in a way pushed me with a lot of like charity and a lot of sisterly love towards was a relationship with the Holy Spirit that didn't have to be loud or chaotic, or um, it was really like a relationship of love that she pushed me towards. And I'm not saying it was like a smooth relationship or even that I understood it, but (laughs) as I got the opportunity to grow in the relationship, I started to recognize like these pools um, in my own life of like, and pools as in like, I felt prompted, I guess, to like either reach out to a person kind of out of the blue, um, just to say that I was like thinking of them or praying for them for a special intention or something. And I, I couldn't tell you why, but it felt really strong that I was like, oh, maybe I need to do this or um, go somewhere or do something that maybe was out of the ordinary for me. Yeah. And always it resulted with somebody being like, oh my gosh, like, I can't tell you how much I needed to hear that thing or the reason like when I if I went to another place or something like I was supposed to be there at that particular time to meet a specific person. And it was always like very small and really gentle things, but it still freaked me out because <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? Because the thing that freaked me out was that I was always so afraid that it was my own thoughts. Mm. and that it was like my brain I was like maybe my intuition is just really strong like mm-hmm. as I've gotten older <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe I'm just like really in tune with myself I don't know <laughs> um and so I was really like concerned that it wasn't the holy spirit but that was like my own brain and when I talk to young women or when I talk to I mean just people in general a lot of people are afraid when they pray like how do I know that it's god's voice and not my voice Um, When I was talking to um, the sister in the vocation office, she was like, there's a couple things that we can do to kind of, quote unquote, verify Mm -hmm. the voice Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we can talk about these um, later, but I'll just run through a couple that were really helpful to me as I grew my relationship um, with God um, and with the Holy Spirit especially was like, is this thing that I'm feeling prompted towards um, or this thing I'm feeling in prayer or thinking in prayer that's coming across really strongly. Does it agree with sacred scripture? Because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's never going to contradict the word of God. And so I think it's fami- It's helpful to get familiar with the word of God um, and to read sacred scripture regularly. And then the other thing was like, does it agree with sacred tradition also, like mm-hmm. in the church? Um, is there something that he's prompting you to? And, and does it align with what's happening and that has happened and is happening in sacred tradition um, will it lead you to become more like Jesus because Jesus is like the <laughs> physical manifestation of God for us um, and usually there's a piece that accompanies stuff with the Holy Spirit yeah. so is that something that's there and that's not to say like it's devoid of anxiety or <laughs> um, <laughs> nervousness <laughs> or because that's human and that's real. Yeah. Um, but there is a sense of like deep peace that yeah. comes that comes with the Holy Spirit. And also, I think an important one that was really helpful for me, like, would the people around you who are wise would those who know you confirm what you're about to do or like what you're thinking or praying? So like to get counsel from a trusted friend or spiritual director or somebody who mm-hmm. knows you well, just like run it by somebody is really helpful And lastly, the thing that she said was, um, does it build up the kingdom of God? Mm. And I I just thought that those are some really cool guidelines for myself as I was Mm -hmm. moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's a common fear that people have as a common fear that I had. And so in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's kind of just journeyed sort of like that, just deepening ever so slightly. It's like, my relationship with God is not bombastic or chaotic really in in any kind of way. <laughs> it's really rather boring. And so it's like this gradual like descent into depth with mm-hmm. with in relationship with God. Yeah. So like all of those things have helped me
2: to to get to know him a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. I really like the way you talk about the poles. Like, um, I would describe it as like a little tug on my heart almost. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. when when the Holy Spirit just kind of pulls your attention in a certain direction or kind of turns your <laughs> heart your heart towards something and it's like a little bit inexplicable, like why am I thinking about that or feeling strongly about this right. thing right now? Or yeah, that's a really good a really good way good way to describe it. Yeah,
0: because I really haven't had any like huge like, really big moments where the Holy Spirit, like, intervened in any huge way, but it's always, Mm -hmm. like, those little tugs at my heart that have, like, that are consistent throughout my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I like that you pulled out that element of peace, Sister Bethany, Mm -hmm. and that you mentioned it can still be accompanied by the emotion of anxiety. Sure. (laughs) Um, I think that's been a really important distinction in my own life. I remember... Right before I began discerning religious life, I worked as a teacher and, you know, working as a teacher can be pretty stressful and there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. going on. And um, it was getting to the end of one of the school years and that's when everything kind of just, you know, goes (laughs) down the drain. And so I was kind of struggling in general at that time with like mild anxiety. So, You know, if I was worried about something or feeling guilty about something I didn't get done or something I did do wrong or whatever, when I had to drive to work in the car alone by myself, sometimes I would think about it and you kind of, you know, you get those little like adrenaline rushes of anxiety. Yeah. So I would often put on music in the car or I would, you know, listen to the radio or whatever. And I remember distinctly... There was a week where I was driving to work every morning and I started kind of feeling that almost like an adrenaline rush of disquiet or restlessness or anxiety and nothing was wrong. Mm. Like I was trying to think of like, what is, what is bothering me right now? Am I worried about something? Did I not get something done? Am I worried about a kid? Did I mess something up and I didn't realize it and I haven't, like made amends for it. Like, What is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually I realized nothing was wrong. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm overstimulated. Maybe there's too much noise right now. I'm going <laughs> to turn off the radio. And I turned off the radio. And within a few minutes, I realized God was trying to tell me something because in those moments where I would kind of feel what I would associate with either anxiety or overstimulation, And I would turn off the radio and turn off the noise and just stop running through lists in my head. I would start to think of people I hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, I would start to remember things that were important that I never would have remembered that weren't like the job I had to do that day and things and people that I should be praying for. And after that happened a couple of times, I was like, oh, shoot. God's trying to talk to me, and I'm listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Which is okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Shake It Off was my parent-teacher interview song. Yes.
2: Oh, my God. Anyways. Very appropriate.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would I would turn off the radio and realize that, no, this is a pull. This is a tug. Mm-hmm. And the only reason or the only way that God knows I'll actually listen to it is to mimic anxiety or overstimulation because then I will act on it Mm. so in those moments I realized like sometimes God will use either something in your mind or your memory something in your physical reality in my case it was like adrenaline um or just something in your emotions to kind of like poke or pull or tug Mm -hmm. and be like hey are you listening Mm -hmm. yeah and and for me, that was that moment. And and some days, you know, I would turn off the radio and he wouldn't say anything. And I realized it was kind of like one of those things was like, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Nice to sit with you quietly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that's a beautiful thing, too.
2: Yeah, it really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It is. I love what you're both kind of pulling out is that you have found the way that he likes to get your attention. like. Mm-hmm you found mm. the way that his voice sounds to you and i was remembering our conversations just oriented at the very beginning of last season the season 4 introduction mm-hmm. when we were talking about lexio divina and like what does it sound like to hear god's voice in scripture and like how do we recognize it and we shared a yeah. little bit of what it what it feels like when jesus talks to us and i think maybe that would be a good one for people to go back to if there's mm. if they want to spend yeah. a little bit more time with this topic of just like because i remember saying something to the effect of like He's got a little bit of sass with me. Like if Mm -hmm. I know that he's he's really engaged and present with me when he when he cracks a joke or like lifts an eyebrow at me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think that's the very first thing is the first few interactions can be really confusing. But once we really Mm -hmm. kind of recognize what it is, then it becomes so familiar that Mm -hmm. even when the enemy tries to fake it, we can see. Yeah, we can hear the difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and that's the thing is like the evil one is gonna try to like wedge his tail in there or whisper oh, yeah. things, mm-hmm. but it's going to it it's gonna mimic it, but it's it usually contradicts mm-hmm. um something in scripture or tradition mm-hmm. or it goes against like any of the things that i I listed it's like kind of mm-hmm. like red flag,
2: red mm-hmm. flag, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. I've I've shared this story probably several times now on the podcast, but um, for me, one of the earliest memories of really hearing something in prayer was when I felt the Lord invite me to read John chapter six. And I came to the passage. I was in an adoration chapel and I came to the passage where it said, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me, who sent me draws him. And mm-hmm. I just kind of had this it was almost like a whisper it was almost like a tug it was kind of this like sassy eyebrow of just like and where are you you've come <laughs> to me so what does that mean <laughs> it means you've been drawn here and i think for me that's another indicator of when it is the voice of the holy spirit because the enemy can try to to, to trick, trick us up mm-hmm. the enemy can can try to um even like under the guise of some of a certain kind of holiness of like the enemy can start to tell us, oh, you're not actually good enough. Or Mm -hmm. if you were holier, you would do this or that Mm -hmm. or um, those sorts of things. But the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God is always loving. Yeah. And even when he is convicting us of sin, you know, St. St. Ignatius Mm -hmm. talks about the prick of conscience, like like the the good spirit will prick our conscience, Mm -hmm. but he will not accuse. Right. He will not like deride us. Right. You know, like. He pricks the conscience in order to motivate to repentance mm-hmm. and so that we come back to him, right, never to push us away. yeah. and so so for me, that's another like really strong indicator of when I'm hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, it, the, is it speaking to me of God's love? Is it speaking to me of God's mercy? Is it speaking to me of God's goodness? Um, because if it's speaking of something else, then it becomes suspicious mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the more that you, I found the other thing that's like significantly helpful is having a regular prayer life because then oh, you yeah. start to recognize, like you start to recognize how God speaks to you mm-hmm. um, and the various ways that he speaks to you. And so when something is slightly off, you're like, wait a second.
2: <laughs> well, that's how you become familiar yeah. with anyone's voice, it, well, right? of course. Of course <laughs> yeah.
1: So no, of course. Yeah. And I think there's like a really good physical parallel for that too, because you know how sometimes when you're in a house and someone comes in the door, but the door is like behind three walls. So you can hear that someone came in and they're talking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but there's some quality of their voice that isn't penetrating through the wall and the rest of it is. And depending on the quality of someone's voice, that, that part that's not penetrating through the wall might actually be the thing you associate with them. Mm-hmm and you might actually be like, wait, who is that? Mm -hmm. Right? You might not immediately recognize who they are. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, like we have to really become aware of, wait, wait, what is their intonation? What is their accent? What is their, all the other markers that you might not have actually associated with that person, but you've been hearing the whole time. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit, when God tells us that, The Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that I have told you. Like, that's a really important promise for us because it not only doesn't mean that nothing will be contradicted, but also that it will be fed, and that He will give us the capacity to kind of step back when we're in doubt and say, Okay, I can't tell if this is God, or if this is me, or if this is something else. (laughs) And I'm going to step back and say, okay, what do I remember from scripture? What do I know? Mm -hmm. Where can I look to verify? Who can I ask to verify? Do I know this thing happened? And if you can line up everything and trace the presence of God, undoubtedly, in all of those other factors, you will be able to identify, you know what? Yeah, this is God's voice. Or, you know what? This does not match up with all those other things, and I'm pretty sure it's not God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. That's just something mm-hmm.
1: that
0: I want. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, we don't have time to get into all of the rules of discernment oh, or no. discernment of spirits or or anything like mm-hmm. that. But um highly recommend, like, one of Father Timothy Gallagher's books or, like, yeah. there's just a lot of resources. I constantly talk about uh, Personal Prayer, that book by Father Boniface Hicks and Father Thomas Hacklin. Mm. Um, that's mm-hmm. another really, really good one. And I think one of the things that I really love about that book is the conversation around vulnerability, that the more mm. kind of open we are with God and the more we develop the capacity to just kind of be like, here I am and mm-hmm. you can see me all the way. And so I also want to let you see me all the way. And I want to talk about all the things here, mm-hmm. you know, like. The the more capable we we become of doing that and the more I'm not going to say comfortable, but like familiar with Mm -hmm. that movement in our own hearts toward God, we become the more we will be able to uh, kind of receive what he has to say about Mm -hmm. those things. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of a spiritual principle that the more we respond to the graces that we're given, the more graces we're given. Right. Right. So like when when we act on a prompting of the Holy Spirit, he's more likely to prompt us again. Yeah. And and maybe even to more challenging or more difficult or, or more frequent, mm-hmm. you know, types of things. And and that's like part of our fidelity to him. It's also part of his fidelity and gift to us. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of mm-hmm. a, a really beautiful relationship when we allow it to to grow like that.
1: Yeah. No, oh, totally. Yeah. And our capacity for recognition. And reception just expands. And along with that, our capacity for gift, Mm -hmm. you know, our gift of ourselves to God in prayer, our gift of vulnerability, and our gift to others, you know, every time. that I have gone up to someone in a moment where I really didn't want to go up to that person <laughs> or said something super weird. <laughs> like, And that person was like, wow, you're so wise. That's exactly what I need. And I was like, I don't have no idea why I'm saying this. Like, this makes no sense to me. Yeah. But like, those are the moments, you know, he really is able to expand that capacity in us mm-hmm. for gift and gifting ourselves mm-hmm. and gifting him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a humbling thing. It really takes the focus off of ourselves and onto God in a way. It really allows God the center because there is no way you can pretend that that was you (laughs) No, you know like
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
0: i feel like that every time i have to give a talk or anything i'm just like i I don't know anything what am i doing yeah yeah i just like pray to the holy spirit I like do the chaplet that we actually do at the end of every Mm -hmm. of every show and i um i usually pray that before i have to give a talk so i'm like uh all the words please Make yeah. them come out of my mouth. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. if I have to have a difficult conversation with someone or um, anything like that, it's like, mm-hmm.
2: okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and for me, often the prayer too is like, regardless of whatever comes out of my mouth, let the person hear, let, let everybody right. hear what they need to hear. Like Right. And Mm. and I have had that experience so many times where somebody will come up and say, oh, my goodness, I had never thought about this point this way before. Mm. Or uh, when you said this, it meant so much. And I'm going, I did not say that and I also have never thought about it that way before so I'm really glad that we had some radio interference and the Holy Spirit took over that's great (laughs) you know exactly exactly but like I give him explicit permission to do that you know like it's not about me and what I want to say it's about what he wants people to hear and like if I can create noise that sounds like that for them that's perfect (laughs) you know
0: it's (laughs) like filter it through the Holy Spirit yeah exactly
2: (laughs) exactly and now I'm thinking about
0: <laughs> sometimes I do audio editing in my spare time just thinking about the Holy Spirit as like one of the filters or effects that you there have you to go. put on. yep.
2: yep. <laughs> or like the secret channel that you have to have the right receiver to get yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> stupid Benedicta and I could talk about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as like technical
2: <laughs> things all day audiovisual audio, visual, technical <laughs> references yeah, yeah exactly Oh, man. Yeah.
1: I I saw a really beautiful story the other day. It's a story that is unfinished. Um, I was listening to some video that was, you know, like by a Catholic talk show host or whatever. And someone had written in who was, I don't even want to say in the process of a conversion necessarily. I don't think they thought they were in the process of a conversion, um, but they were reaching out to ask, some really uh, vulnerable, honest, raw questions about, you know, their own life and and whether or not they could come to God. Mm. And in that moment, I was I was moved to tears just hearing the words that this person had written in, because I don't think that person realized how much the Holy Spirit was stirring in their heart in order to allow them to get to that point, to reach out to someone to really like grapple with this and to look for God and to, and to ask like, but can you take me? Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Holy Spirit kind of led her to a very uncomfortable experience, like this person who had written in was in a lot of pain and was experiencing a lot of doubt. But that doubt came from these little realizations of the fact that where she was was not where she was meant to be. It was not a place of fulfillment. So even though it might not have felt like peace to her in that moment, Mm -hmm. it was something that could only lead to peace if pursued. And I think that was kind of one of those moments where even if she couldn't recognize it in that moment, everyone else could. Yeah. And and what a beautiful, humbling moment of how the Holy Spirit was working in her life to kind of, again, like either tug or push, you could describe it
2: as a shove, yeah, like honestly. a loving yeah. shove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's
0: really cool. No, that's beautiful. And I think people, sometimes when I feel like, oh, I, like, I can't pray, I want to, but I can't, like, even like as a young teenager, I was like, oh, I don't really know. I remember reading—I forget—it was it some religion book or something for CCD. It was like faith is a gift of God, and it was like to me the desire to want to pray, even though I felt like I couldn't, was a gift mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. It was a gift of of the Spirit, really, um, to like have faith or that push towards faith mm-hmm. of like I want to believe, but like help, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. itself yeah. is yes. is the Spirit at work in yeah. your
2: life, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How many times do we get down on ourselves? Because we're like, oh, I wish I had that. I I want to have that, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And not realizing that that in itself means God is already there and like working with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. I remember the sister that I was
0: referencing before she had said to me at at a certain point, I was just like,
1: I don't know. Like,
0: I just, I wish I could pray better, but I can't. And she was like, the fact that you want it, The fact that you're thinking about it, the fact that it, Mm -hmm. like, there's a desire there, that is the Holy Spirit at work. That is God at work in your life already. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. to me was so powerful that I'm like, oh, it's not something that
2: I do. Right. It's a gift. Right. Yeah. Like, John of the Cross talks about the dark night of the soul, right? And he talks about that part of the most painful experience in the dark night of the soul is the desire to pray and the mm-hmm. inability to do so mm-hmm. the desire yeah. to love god more and the inability to mm-hmm. feel it that that is part of what is so incredibly ex- it's excruciatingly mm-hmm. painful and i love that he talks about it that way because it's like because he also talks about the dark night of the soul is like the thing that god takes us through in order to purify us right mm-hmm And um, not to say that everybody who's having difficulty hearing the Holy Spirit (laughs) is in the dark night of the soul, but that that experience, it's not exclusive to the dark night of the soul. It is something that that we do experience off and on throughout our entire lives right even as sisters yes especially as (laughs) sisters exactly (laughs) well because Mm -hmm. it's part of our part of our schedule too it's not like we can just skip going to pray no (laughs) it's not like we can just like oh I I went and got coffee instead you know like (laughs) before I entered the convent tried it doesn't work (laughs) no and like before I entered the convent I could do that I could be on my way to the adoration chapel decide I didn't want to go and stop and get coffee you know like that that could work but Mm -hmm. now that doesn't work I have to actually go feel that frustration that pain Of wanting to pray well and not being able to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, not always, but, some, you know, it's like it's there. And, yeah, and I was thinking, like, not to change the subject, but, like, we've been talking a lot about the way that the Holy Spirit, like, tugs us toward things, tugs us, like, invites us to say certain things or brings us into certain situations. And um, this image popped into my head. There's a, a prayer that the sisters sometimes pray My dear and sweet Mother Mary, keep your holy hand upon my head, guard my mind, my heart, and my senses that I may never commit sin. And we have a sister who will regularly say, My dear and sweet Mother Mary, keep your holy hand upon my mouth.
0: Yep. (laughs) I pray this regularly.
2: (laughs) So, like, there is also this reality of, like, he tugs us toward things. He also tugs us away away from from things. things. (laughs) You know, like, there's also moments when the Holy Spirit's like, okay, time to be quiet now. Time to back off. Time to not yeah. engage that that relationship further or not engage that conversation any further because it's not going to get any better be- in this way, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. um, this is not the way that he has intended for it to be resolved or whatever, whatever right. it is. Right. But I just I love that, my dear sweet. Mother, Mother Mary, Mary. Keep your holy, holy hand, hand upon, upon my, my mouth. mouth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the first time I heard her say that, I was like,
2: I'm adopting
0: that for my own spiritual
1: <laughs> life. And I
0: use it regularly.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's very helpful. <laughs> yep. And I think that's such an important thing to remember because I think so often we think about the Holy Spirit as one who enables and empowers mm-hmm. and and he does. But even when looking back in in the Bible, like St. Paul and Acts, when he's traveling with people, like they'll say, and the spirit prevented me from mm-hmm. entering this place that right. I was dead set sure I was supposed to go right. to. Yeah. You know, and that is so real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always wondered what that looked like. I'm like, what showed up in St. Paul's path? Because St. Paul's like pretty like, no, I'm doing it. So like, I yeah. would have had to set literally like an angel with a sword. Be like, no, bro, turn around.
1: <laughs> Back off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, what the heck happened there? That yeah, was like, just kidding. by.
1: Or when he has one Like thing. every single ship in the harbor sank. Exactly. Honestly. <laughs> like, every like single
0: God ship. was like, yeah, he's not going to stop unless you literally
2: strand him here. Yeah. <laughs> Or like when he's when he's planning on doing one thing and then he has a dream and has to go to the other way, you know. It's uh-huh. like just yeah, it's it's fascinating. Or like yeah. when he when he constantly like when he's writing to people, he'll say, "I really want to come visit you again." And we know that many of those things never actually yeah. happened, but he was mm-hmm. he was fully intending to go visit them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love. There's a list somewhere. You would
0: think I would know because I just took a class on this, but. Huh. It doesn't exist in my brain anymore. <laughs> but there is a list somewhere where he's, uh, in one of his letters, where he's like, I've been shipwrecked this many times. Oh, yeah. I've been in prison oh, this yeah. many times. I've done this thing. I'm like, geez. Yeah. He <laughs> like, yeah. you ha- you had to be like, I feel like in one sense, you have to be so attentive to the Holy Spirit and you have to have such a great trust in God in order to endure all of that. But also like to watch the activity of God in his life, Mm -hmm. because Paul Mm -hmm. was just like, let's go. And God Mm -hmm. was like, "Okay, redirecting. But Paul needed somebody more than just like a gentle little like (laughs) he needs somebody like taken by the shoulders and literally reorient him 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So God, God knows us so well and he knows how to reach each of us um, if we're, we're only ready and and open to receive him and his action in our lives
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and maybe for someone like a shipwreck really would have been like okay that's my sign god wants me to go home and just like <laughs> open Sit up on the, the shop couch. and work and <laughs> i am not on mission anymore yes. like for some people that may very well have been a sign of that but for paul who i mean we have to remember was like Raising, what's his face? What's his name? Um, his psychic? No, the window kid. Oh, oh, the window kid. Uticus. So like, yeah, Paul's okay. like he's raising <laughs> the kid who fell out the window. And oh, oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. kid.
0: Okay, yeah. I thought you meant like there was an apprentice window kid. and I was like, oh. <laughs> I missed that completely. <laughs> window washer kid. <laughs> Sorry, my brain <laughs> went in a different direction.
2: That's Got the, it.
0: Window yeah, kid. Like,
2: uh, so So it's like Paul's like raising Eutychus from the dead and he's like healing people and he's uh-huh. like seeing these miracles in people's lives. So in context, the shipwreck is like speed bump. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like that was how the Holy Spirit was communicating right. with him. And so like there's there's kind of this double principle of like, okay, so on the one hand, the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. hmm um, tradition never contradicts scripture, mm-hmm. never contradicts like all of these things. Like, yeah, the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. If you think he's telling you that, like, God's not good, that's not the Holy Spirit. If you think he's telling you that, I don't know, Jesus didn't raise from the dead, that's not the Holy Spirit. They have to go together. Right. But that doesn't mean that the things that he invites you to do are the things that he invites me to do. Right. And that's not a contradiction. It's a difference mm-hmm. in relationship. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good distinction. Yeah. But he's not going to, like, tell me something's objectively good and then tell you something, the same thing is objectively evil. That right. would be a contradiction. No, exactly. What he might do is say, this is good for you. Right. And this would not be good for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But both of the things, in both contexts, they are not good
0: contradicting scripture or tradition or right in the sense of like truth about God
2: yeah Yeah. like it is good for me to make sure that I have made all of my three hours of prayer today Mm -hmm. it may not be good for my brother with a newborn baby and a wife at home taking care of kids to also go try to make three hours of adoration today like that it would be an objectively good thing but it would be it would be contrary to his state in life it would not be good subjectively correct yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's, I think that's a good distinction to make, too, is that the of Holy course. Spirit is not going to invite us to do things that are contrary to obligations that we've already accepted yeah. in our lives. They're, they're in line with our vocations. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And I think sometimes, too, and Paul's a good example of this, sometimes we can, if we have a desire to do something that's been put there by God, it's something that we really believe is God-given, and then it doesn't turn out. Like it doesn't seem like God is actually making a way or maybe God is very clearly blocking the thing from happening. It can be very confusing because we're like, why did you give that Mm -hmm, to me?
2: mm -hmm.
1: But the thing I really admire about Paul is that, you know, whenever he was shipwrecked on Malta or whatever, he knew he had been called to get on that ship. Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. thought he knew why. But when God made a different route, he's like, okay, I know that that part was true and maybe you're redirecting what I thought it was leading to. So I'm just going to follow you one step at a time mm-hmm. and be faithful to you in the place that I am now
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not get too caught up in how you're seeing this playing playing out because I don't really get it, but I know that you do. Yeah. I think for me, and I've spoken about this before, before I ever had religious life on my radar I really wanted to adopt kids. Like that was something I had wanted to do since I was a child. And I really felt like God had put that on my heart. So when I began to feel like, oh my gosh, am am I called to religious life? And I got to the point where I was making a decision, am I entering a convent to discern this further and more intensely? That was a real conflict of interests for me yeah. in a sense, mm-hmm. because I really did have this desire and I was convicted that it was put on my heart by God. And I had to really entrust, say, I know this is from you, but I know that if I'm being called to religious life, you're going to bring this into, into fruition in a way that I don't understand right now. And coming to realize a vocation to spiritual motherhood within the context of religious life, that just blew open all the doors that I could have possibly conceptualized before mm-hmm. as to why that desire had been put on my heart so young but again like that that was a huge act of trust and it wasn't like I felt I am so confident you will bring this <laughs> to for it was like I know you can do it yeah, yeah. here <laughs> I yeah I think <laughs> like, I yeah. Hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he does yeah he does he works with that yeah
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah I feel like even in my own vocation story the way that I tell it is like God does never has never revealed in my own life like okay here's the end goal like kids often are like how do you know the voice of God and it's like well you don't hear the voice of God or voice of the Holy Spirit sound like okay God what do you want he's like okay here's the deal like (laughs) I wish that happened that'd be so sweet (laughs) but um but what it, like, in my own life, the way that it's worked out is, like, I've, re- not relegated, but I've kind of resigned myself to my prayer in in discerning my vocation was, okay, Lord, show me the next best step. Mm-hmm. And, like, even mm-hmm. entering the congregation, even entering the Daughters of St. Paul was, like, okay, Lord, I'm entering postulancy will I make final vows? I don't know. I hope so. But Mm -hmm. like I'm entering because I feel like this is where you're drawing me. And like, so I'm going to take the next best step. Mm -hmm. And so all through formation, even all through like my life before the convent, I was like, okay, Lord, just the next best step. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Yeah.
0: It's like he gives us a flashlight, not a floodlight. (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's. I think there. I think it's in the founder somewhere where he talks about how God illuminates one street lamp at a time. He doesn't. Oh, he yeah. doesn't give us the whole avenue. You yeah, know? like yeah. He illuminates one street lamp at a time. We walk from one light to the next light. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not seeing like all the way down at the end of the street what's yeah. there, but just going light to light. I love yeah. that image. Yeah.
1: And even the prophets, even people who had visions of something in the future. Even Marian apparitions, where something about the future was shared, it's never the full picture Mm -hmm. because God knows what we would do with the full picture. Right. (laughs) We would wreck it. So it's like he he does this as an act of mercy, and it really does not feel like mercy 98% of the time. Yeah. But the fact is that it is. And when we get to the end of the road and we look back, Mm -hmm. 98% of the time we're like, Oh, it's a really good thing I didn't know that, but I'm really
2: glad I know it now. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, And it doesn't always have to be the end end of the road. It could be just hindsight. But Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. good stuff.
1: All right, so with all of these stories shared and these Bible reflections pondered upon, <laughs> um, what are some practicals that we can kind of walk away with or, or share with all of you guys listening of maybe something you can try out this week?
0: Yeah, I think the practicals I'm walking away with, because it's something that we mentioned over and over again, was really just to go back to uh, get familiar with scripture, like make scripture a regular part of your life, um, utilize the sacraments, and really to like have a, a regular prayer time. I know as sisters, we have a regular prayer time. But I think to really make sure that like for my personal takeaway is like to to have within my my hour of adoration my visit a time to really kind of check in with the holy spirit because a lot of times i Mm -hmm. fill my my visit with a lot of things um i feel like i need to do but it's like let's let's look at like where's the holy spirit leading um Mm -hmm. and take some time that's just quiet and maybe it doesn't speak that day but maybe he does um so i think those are my three things this is to really utilize scripture the sacraments which is part of the tradition of the Church and to really be faithful to regular prayer time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that going back to Scripture, I think, is so important. I think for me, my takeaway is, like, kind of jumping off of that word remember
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that Jesus always uses to describe the Holy Spirit, is being able to look back at your own life and try to identify just one time where something happened that really wasn't you and in looking back at that moment and recognizing that maybe that really was the holy spirit who did a thing (laughs) um try to think back and remember like what were the circumstances around that what was going on in your mind what was going on in your emotions or your physical reality and try to peg from that like what might be a way that the holy spirit tugs to get your attention and just be conscious of that like is he doing it today or tomorrow does he do the
2: thing um so you can kind of get to know
1: his voice a little bit better
2: i think mine is just um like you described sister orian earlier the image of trying to recognize somebody's voice through several walls as they come mm-hmm. into the house mm-hmm. and i was kind of thinking like that's a little bit what it's like when we're trying to pray, trying to hear the Holy Spirit, but actually we really need to go to confession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know for mm. me, often my my prayer gets really muffled when I know it's time to go to confession. So mm-hmm. um, so I think that would be my invitation is just to evaluate when was the last time you went to confession and is it time to, to plan one into your schedule this week?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: All right. And having said that, uh, we're going to go straight to the Holy Spirit and ask for him to illumine our minds, our wills,
2: and our hearts. We'll begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first decade is for the gift of wisdom. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come and make your home in my heart.
2: The second set is for the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew
1: the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come make your home in my heart.
2: The third set is for the gift of counsel. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come make your home in my heart.
2: For the gift of fortitude, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of
2: the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come make your home in my heart.
2: For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul.
1: Come, make your home in my heart.
2: For the Gift of Piety Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of Your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of Your love. Send forth Your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And You shall renew the face
2: of the earth. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of Your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of Your love. Send forth Your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come, make your home in my heart.
2: For the gift of fear of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created,
1: and you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created.
1: And you shall renew the face of the earth.
2: O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul,
1: come, make your home in my heart.
2: By myself, I I can can do do nothing, but but with God God, I I can do all things. For the love of God I
1: want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the the eternal eternal reward. reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the Promised One sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom, than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org Patreon. God bless you.